Hey, and welcome back, Cryptonauts, to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Jake Jabarelli, and, well, my co-hosts are still out. As far as I know, Blockchain John is still on his long-needed vacation, and Cryptolissa has taken a step back from C3 Media for the time being due to mm, health issues, as far as I know. So, you got to deal with me again today. Today is... Wednesday, April 13th, 2022. Let's go ahead and check out the top 10. Top 10 crypto stats. With Bitcoin slightly turning up again here in the last 24 hours, a little bit, about 3% here, uh, to 41,387.84. Let me, let me refresh that. It's been like 10 minutes. It's changed. Oh, look at that. It did change. 41,384. $3 dollars down. 384.57, a 3% gain now that it's decreased a bit in the last 24 hours, and a negative 4.2% loss, well, not loss, but negative gain, <laughs> if you're going to call it that, to 786,765 billion market cap for the last week here. Although, interestingly enough, in the last 24 hours, the market, the whole market is up. Everyone else is down. So, Ethereum in second place, currently... 3,125.46 US dollars, a slight uptick in the last 24 hours, but a seven-day loss of 1.4% and a $376.0 billion market cap. If you are watching the YouTube, you can see that we've been going down, 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 and then bouncing back up here. But since it's been a week, it hasn't quite overcome that loss. If it keeps going up, it will probably do it soon, as we can tell, especially for Ethereum. So... Tether, third position, a $52 billion 24-hour volume, which is still slightly more than the top two coins in volume. Not a lot of change. Obviously, it's a stable coin and a current market cap, a $2.5 billion. Binance in fourth position at 424.30, a almost 1% gain over the last seven days. It's the only top 10 coin to have gained, making a slight recovery there. Almost 1%. $71.3 billion market cap. USD coin is another stable coin there. It's slightly below a dollar at the moment, but it is still a stable coin, which means it should recover back to a dollar. Its current volume is $1.4 billion, and its current market cap is $50.2 billion. XRP is currently in sixth position, falling 3.5% to $71.50 or $73, pardon $73.5 US dollars and a current market cap of $35.3 billion. Solana is currently in seventh place. Again, not that far behind Ripple, currently at 106 even. 5.8% loss over the last week and a $34.8 billion market cap. Cardano is currently in eighth position at just under a dollar, 97.8, uh, 7.2% loss and a $31.3 billion cap. Terra is currently in ninth position, uh, probably about, oh man, it is really close to Cardano at this moment, but it has unfortunately lost a great deal more than Cardano has. 17.5%, the largest drop of the entire top 10, currently 88.93 and a market cap of 31.3 billion. Well, let's just take it all at the end. Terra is at 31.303, Cardano is at 31.382, so they're really close together at the moment in the tens of millions of dollars of difference. Avalanche, rounding out the top 10, is currently at 81.24, a 2% loss for the last week, and a $21.7 billion market cap. 
And as a reminder, as we will be talking about the following five, Polkadot is in 11th, Doge is in 12th, Binance USD is in 13th, Terra USD is in 14th, and Shiba Inu is in 15th position. And if you hadn't noticed already, for those of you who own Shiba Inu, Shiba Inu jumped up quite a bit in the last 24 hours, uh, up to uh, nearly 15 billion uh, market cap, a 9% increase, the largest increase in the top 15. But that's because it recently, as you will find out in the news, got listed on a well-known exchange. So, uh, I forgot to do this a couple of the previous times. I was reminded by uh, one of the members of the, of the of our Discord channel that I need to make sure that I tell everybody about CoinGecko's candies. And the candies in particular, which I have not collected today, is 40 for me today. As you can see, you can get these different values, 40, 50, 60, and then if you go for a full week, 100 candies on that day, not just for the whole week, but included. So 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, and then jumping up to 100, collect your candies every single day. You'll continue to get more and more as you go. Yes, I have 13,200 currently on this account. And if you are interested, there's lots of different interesting rewards that you can get, such as NFTs, um, on-chain books, you know, savings on different services. So I, I recommend checking it out. And of course, the more you collect, the more you can get. And as I mentioned earlier today, the uh, actually this has already changed since I moved it here. 2.9% up over the last 24 hours. That's the whole market cap cresting over again, two trillion US dollars. And the current Bitcoin mark, uh, dominance of the entire market, 39%, and Ethereum is currently 18.7%. If you're interested in the price of gas for Ethereum, Gwei is 28, which is actually quite low. So let's get on to the news. Uh, there's about 13 little articles here. Some of the things that are news on Crypto which we use on a regular basis to read the news from. Uh, some I do skip over a lot if you guys are reading along and going, why did he miss this article? Why did he miss that article? Well, we try to pick and choose before we uh, start reading the news that we'll be including in that day's podcast. Because some of it's just businesses talking about how much money they made and not really that interesting to us. We're more interested in the provocative news. So, what's the most interesting provocative news here from China Kadika? Japanese gaming giant Bandai Namco establishes a $25 million fund for Web3 or Metaverse startups. Now, it still kind of feels like... Um, Bandai Namco is tooting their own horn saying, hey, money. But, you know, it's getting the interest of people for... Metaverse startups. That's kind of the end game here. Japanese gaming developer and publishing company, Bandai Namco, announced setting up a fund of 1 billion yen, which is $7.9 million, a, a one year or 3 billion yen or $23.8 million approximately in three years to invest in upcoming gaming companies related to Web3 and the Metaverse. According to the report, the startup investment fund dubbed Bandai Namco Entertainment 021 or 021 fund will focus on the blockchain companies in Japan as well as overseas in a bid to accelerate the adoption of non-fungible tokens, NFTs, and encryption technology. The focus will also be uh, intensifying the decision-making process on laying the foundation of an IP or intellectual property metaverse and the uh, development of a new entertainment system. The latest investment fund also targets entertainment-related products and service 
providers engaged in virtual reality and augmented reality and artificial intelligence. Meanwhile, the gaming giant has been actively forming collaborations with several startups across different businesses and sectors to advance the growth of Web3 and the Metaverse ecosystem. Developing the development comes two weeks after Bandai Namco announced a $130 million Metaverse initiative that will be based on its Gundam IP. This is part of the company's plan, the company's plans rather, to develop a Metaverse for each IP as a named name a new framework for connecting with fans. The gaming giant intends to allow customers access to a myriad of entertainment on an IP access while leveraging its distinctive strength to merge physical products and venues with digital elements in this IP metaverse. You know, that's what supposedly NFTs will do. The release also stated, quote, the new midterm plan will introduce a new means of connecting fans to entertainment properties by building a metaverse for each IP under Bandai Namco Group's portfolio, which is also utilized as a key part of the company's IP-based strategies. That's a lot of corporate speak, but development will begin from the creation of the Gundam universe, where it will become a platform of opportunities for Gundam fans worldwide to come together to converse and connect in a variety of categories. Bandai Namco's IP access strategy envisions a multi-IP hub of multiverses and Gundam IP being one of the first instances. So yeah, I think the idea they're getting at here is to, you know, announce, hey, lots of money being involved. Their first point is $25 million fund for Web3. But they're saying overall, it's going to be several hundred million total initiative for all of their projects. But they're basically trying to attract people say, hey, come develop with us and we'll give you some money and you can be part of our metaverse. Well, not totally against it, but it's good to see more companies getting into the sector. Continuing on with the news, Andrew Thorvalos, Mexican Senator proposed. Pro God, that's terrible. Mexican Senator proposes CBDC legislation after promising Bitcoin legal tender bill. Andrea Kempis, I hope I pronounced that nice. Andrea Andrea Kempis Kempis, Mexican Senator for the state of Nuevo León, has introduced a bill to formalize the inclusion of virtual assets as a form of currency that may circulate in Mexico. However, it proposes that only the central bank can issue a digital currency without any mention of Bitcoin. In February, Crypto Potato reported that Kempis was planning to make Bitcoin legal tender in Mexico. The chances seemed slim at the time, given that Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador had previously shown disinterest in Bitcoin adoption. Nevertheless, the senator's words were clear. Quote, we need Bitcoin to be legal tender in Mexico, end quote, she told uh, Diario El Salvador. Because if it's not, we do not make that decision. Uh, if we, Well, I should be more clear. Because if it is not so, if we do not make that decision as El Salvador did, it is, it's very difficult to take action, end quote. Yet according to legislation the senator put forth last Wednesday, her focus is on a different type of digital asset. In a draft decree amending Article 2 of Mexico's monetary law, she would require that, quote, only the central bank, end quote, could, you, could issue a digital currency for the country. Specifically, the amendment would list a, quote, digital currency of the central bank, end quote, among Mexican banknotes and of 
prove metallic coins as the, quote, only circulating currencies and virtual assets, end quote, according to a translated version of the bill. So I guess, you know, Spanish to English doesn't translate perfectly. The bill's objective appear most aligned with countries like Honduras, which have shown an explicit preference for CBD over CBDCs, pardon me, over Bitcoin rather than El Salvador. It matches it also matches Mexico's own plans to adopt a CBDC by the end of 2024. The contradiction is odd, given that Kempis recently appeared on stage at the Bitcoin conference to discuss Bitcoin's adoption of legal tender. In her speech, she briefly mentioned legislation that had been or had proposed, she had proposed, to modify monetary law, which Samson Mao, or Mao, pardon me, had interpreted as a Bitcoin law. Kempis had also arranged to meet for Mo to meet my tongue is twisted to meet with Mexico's president to discuss Bitcoin as legal tender in the country. Though no nation has endeavored to adopt Bitcoin since El Salvador last June, multiple smaller regions are testing the concept. Lugano, Switzerland has now made Bitcoin de facto legal tender, legal tender by scraping capital capital gains tax on the asset and allowing citizens to pay their taxes with it. And Prospero, a Prospera, pardon me, a private city in Honduras, is also adopting Bitcoin as legal tender while floating Bitcoin bonds to other municipalities and corporations. So yeah, it's it's an uphill battle, but I do see the definite potential of a CBDC for all countries. And I'm glad Mexico is getting ahead of this. My experience from time observed in the political sphere, well, financial and social economic sphere of Mexico in the 1980s, 1990s, was that it's peso didn't hold its value very well. And I do remember people talking about it, gross inflation, not like the United States 8.5%, but like hundreds of percents of inflation that Mexico was experiencing during those times in the last uh, century. But it's, so it's not unheard of that these, that countries that struggle with a stability in their coin compared to the U.S. dollar, even if the U.S. dollar's nearly 10% inflation issue that it's struggling with right now, is that it does seem to point to a slightly more stable currency. And if they can take advantage of Bitcoin to do that, more power to them. But even so, a CBDC or a central bank uh, digital currency or decentralized, well, it's not decentralized, uh, is just another way of making your current currency, no pun intended, into something digital that can be tra traced and tracked by the government as need be. So that's, it's an interest. We'll see how that works. Continuing on, Alcala, anchor, join forces to unite Terra and Polkadot DeFi ecosystems. Again, by Chayani Kadika Akala, the Ethereum-compatible comp uh, DeFi protocol, has announced teaming up with Anchor to boost the decentralized stablecoin space of Terra and Polkadot ecosystems. Following wormhole integration plans, the two parties are all set to bring increased liquidity and yield opportunities for AUSD and UST by serving as gateways into the decentralized finance ecosystems of Polkadot and Terra. Initially, Kala and its Kusama-based parachain, or parachain, uh, Karura, 
will be tasked with aiding the expansion of Anko's is it Anchor or Anko? Okay, I'm going to say Anchor's collateral uh, options for the UST stablecoin with liquid DOT or LDOT, LDOT, Akala's yield-bearing liquid staking derivatives, liquid KSM or LKSM. According to the press relief shared by Crypto Potato, with Crypto Potato, the entities will focus on working together to, quote, stand up, end quote, deep liquidity pools for AUSD and USD on Akala. This is expected to act as a gateway into the Polkadot ecosystem for UST users. The duo will also work on forging more integrations and deployments in both Akala and Terra ecosystems. I request to increase the size of the text for those watching on their phones. Additionally, users of Polkadot and Kusama networks will be enabled will be enabled access to Anchor yield with the help of LKSM and LDOT. The first steps towards achieving this is by transferring liquid ass staking assets to Terra through the cross-chain bridging platform Wormhole. Then users on LDOT or users of LDOT and or LKSM can be provided as collateral to borrow UST on Anchor. The release stated, quote, by doing so, the user then earns ANC incentives, that's a different token, for borrowing and can deposit their UST, that's a different token, on the earn side to earn a stable yield. With this new use case for LDOT and LKSM, a whole new group of users from Dotsama, Polkadot, Kusama, will be introduced to the Terra ecosystem. Moving forward, Akala and Anchor plan to create UST and AUSD pools to enhance the liquidity of AUSD and UST. Initially, the pools will be developed on Akala before its expansion across multiple parachains and layer ones. The focus will also be to grow the decentralized stablecoin space together. As reported by Crypto Potato, Akala announced the launch of a $250 million AUSD ecosystem fund last month. The main aim is to support new startups dedicated to building apps with use cases for Akala's stablecoin on Polkadot or Kasama parachains. The focus is also on the expansion of both of the ecosystems via increased cross-chain activity and growth of AUSD. The fund was launched in collaboration with eight Polkadot parachain teams and numerous supporting venture funds. So if that was confusing to you, it was a little confusing to me too. I don't fully understand it myself, and I need to look further into this to really get the, the idea. I mean, I comprehend the idea of producing liquidity pools. I've been investing myself personally in uh, Cake, Pancake Swap for quite some time, as well as uh, Avalanche and... Uh, Magic Money, which I still think is a funny name. There are a lot of different uh, ecosystems out there that allow people to invest and or uh, pool their money and farm their money into different techniques and different ideas. I, I admit to spreading my money around quite a bit because I'm, I'm not sure what's going to take off. And I don't even know if anyone is. Now, I've said many, many times that I believe wholeheartedly in Dynamo, and I know I've talked about it multiple times, and for those very few of that out there who are watching and listening, I really appreciate that you are. Um, I honestly believe, still at this time, even now with the slight decrease in the price of Dynamo, that Dynamo is a huge world-turner. 
that there will be so much activity on it in the near future. And I'm not just trying to push the coin because I mine a lot of it. I honestly see its brand potential. It's just these other projects are further ahead. So we'll have to see where they all go. Continuing on. Crypto adoption in Nigeria is fueled by limited access to financial services. This I think I understand. It's funny how, uh, depending upon what uh, nation state you're attending, if they are trying to get your attention by, you know, getting money from other countries. Is Nigeria one of those? Probably. Dimitar Zanzaroff writes, According to research conducted by KuCoin, the growing number of Nigerians investing in crypto is propelled by the lack of proper fiat-based opportunities. A study revealed that over 30 million of Nigeria's population has traded digital assets in the past six months. It's quite a few, actually. Um, KuCoin's latest, quote, into the Cryptoverse report, end quote, found out that 33.4 million Nigerians, or 35% of those aged 18 to 60s, have owned or traded cryptocurrencies in the last six months. 52%, approximately 17.3%, pardon me, 17.3 million people, have distributed more than half of their wealth into this asset class. Moreover, 70% of the crypto investors vow to increase their exposure by the end of 2022. Quite a few people interested in this, and I can completely understand it if their fiat currency is locked down on a regular basis. KuCoin claimed that one of the main reasons for the interest in the sector is the limited access to monetary services in Africa's most populated country. Despite being one of the financial hubs of the western region of the continent, vast rural areas in Nigeria lack proper banking and fiat-based opportunities. Another reason for Nigerians to diversify traditional assets into cryptocurrencies is to battle the rising inflation, just like Mexico, right? The post-pandemic situation, the energy crisis, and the financial turmoil that Russia-Ukraine military conflict propelled have reached Nigeria's borders, too. The country's inflation rate currently stands at over 15%, and if you think 85 is bad, look at theirs, it's twice as bad. And... Millions of the residents chose crypto as a store of value alternative, KuCoin estimated. Research further revealed that the majority of Nigerian crypto holders entered the market many years ago in comparison to only 26% began investing six months ago, driven by the 2021 bull run when Bitcoin's price almost tapped 70,000 US dollars. And in another slightly different news, earlier this month, a global study conducted by the digital asset exchange Gemini outlined that Brazil and Indonesia are the leading nations in terms of cryptocurrency adoption. Approximately 40% of the polled individuals from those countries admitted owning Bitcoin or some altcoins. Gemini noted that residents living in states with significant economic hurdles are more likely to purchase cryptocurrencies as a hedge against inflation. Such is the case with Indonesians and 64% admitted this is their reason to enter the market. The figures in leading economies like the USA or UK are quite different. The adoption rate there is respectively 20% and 18%. Moreover, only 16% of Americans see crypto as an appropriate investment tool in times of surging inflation, while 15% of Britons believe in this concept as well. So, yeah, more developed nations don't seem to care as much, but that might just be because we have a slightly more stable economy. I'm not trying to blame any of those countries, particularly Nigeria or Brazil, but I think we've seen the numbers. So whether it's because Americans are ignorant, which I doubt is the only reason, uh, or just because they seem to be a little bit more comfortable with their current fiat currency as it stands, but 
if you think about it this way, we're stating pretty much all these prices in U.S. dollars today. Partially has to do with the fact that this is an English uh, news site, but also it has to do with the fact that the U.S. dollar is the national, the international currency, not the only, because China would definitely decry my statement there. But uh, one of the most common is the U.S. dollar in most countries. So I'm glad to see Nigeria is helping its citizens, or at least its citizens are intelligent enough, which I would not doubt, to figure out that cryptocurrency can help them. And I believe it can. So I agree. Way to go, Nigeria. Continuing on, Golden State Warriors to celebrate its 2022 NBA playoff run by releasing an NFT collection. This article by Dimitar Zanzarov. One of the most successful NBA teams, the Golden State Warriors, became the first basketball club to introduce a non-fungible token collection for its fans by partnering with the crypto exchange FTX. Golden State Warrior, an NBA team based in San Francisco, has won the association six times, but has had an impressive season so far. It recorded 53 wins versus only 29 losses, making it one of the clubs that qualified for the NBA, the 2022 NBA playoffs. To celebrate the achievement, the great fans' additional and great grant fans' additional experience, the basketball team collaborated with the crypto platform FTX to launch an NFT collection of 3,000 digital collectibles featuring 12 unique designs. During the playoff games, starting on April 16th, which hasn't actually happened yet, supporters will have the opportunity to unlock prizes such as NBA final tickets, Warriors NBA championship rings, autographed items, exclusive merchandise, and more. The crown jewel of the collection is a one-of-one, incredibly, completely, and 100% unique special edition gold bar all-access pass. This item can only be bought direct through the auction, while the other remaining 2,999 will be available to mint and randomly assigned. Each NFT will sell for $500 or $499.99. And a portion of the proceeds will go to the Warriors Community Foundation, which supports youth development and education in San Francisco. It says a portion. It doesn't say how much that portion is. It could be 5%. It could be 50%. The Golden State Warriors have interacted with the non-fungible token realm before. Last year, they became the first basketball club to execute an NFT drop, a collection that featured the team's six NBA championships rings, and 10 commemorative ticket stubs. Back then, the Warriors sold their one-of-one one 6X World Championship ring for 285 ETH, worth at the time over 871,000 US dollars. The Golden State Warriors point guard and arguably the best shooter in the NBA's history, Stephen Curry, joined the NFT mania in August last year by purchasing a Bored Ape digital art to acquire collectible. The basketball star spent 55 ETH worth, nearly $180,000 at that time. At the end of 2021, Curry doubled down on his efforts by releasing an NFT collection. Dubbed the 2974 collection, it depicted every three-pointer he has scored in his career, a record number for the history of the association. Each collectible included Curry's signature, digital signature, which was priced at literally $499. The athlete vowed to donate all the profits to a charity foundation. I'd like to know which one that is. Probably should look into that. So, yeah, Golden State Warriors releasing more NFTs, limited edition, as, well, they are NFTs after all. 
but only 3,000 of them, so who knows? They might all go for several thousand dollars at that price and then be eventually worth more. There's a lot of sports memorabilia. Let me put it this way. In my own experience, just about every single physical office I have ever worked in, both during and before COVID, has had people who collect bottleheads or, or the um, Funko uh, dolls of every basketball player that exists. But particularly, since the Golden State Warriors are quite so popular, I've seen them not just in the United States, but all over the world. So people love basketball. <laughs> and a paraphernalia that goes with it just to commemorate their favorite athletes or whatever it is they did. It's something to talk about. It's something to bond over. And I can absolutely see why the Golden State Warriors want to do more for their fans and raise money at the same time. Continuing on with more news, MetaMask Institutional announced strategic partnerships with Gnosis Safe, Hextrust, GK8, and Paraffin. This is by Chayanikadika. This article is probably a little bit less off the radar and not quite so interesting. I'm kind of feeling like it was more of a coordination of different ideas, but not necessarily something people are all that excited about. So I'm just reading the title and I'm moving on to the next one. This is something I think people would be far more interested in. Dogecoin aims for offline transactions via Starlink. Wait a minute, isn't Starlink internet? Isn't that something that Elon Musk owns? Let's find out. Zay Zong writes, Two key staff members working for the Dogecoin Foundation penned an article recently about using radio Doge technology combined with the Starlink satellite network to conduct Doge transactions without using the internet. Well, look at there. The team admitted there's still a long way to go, but the groundwork has been laid for future experiments. It included connecting radio Doge to the Dogecoin testnet through Starlink's Starlink's right now Starlink Starlink's technological support. Timothy Stebbing, product lead at the Dogecoin Foundation, and Michi Lumen, principal engineer at the foundation, teamed up to work on a new communication network that will allow users to transact Dogecoin offline. It will only require the support from the Starlink satellite network created and owned by the richest Doge fan in the world, Elon Musk. According to the article, the key lies in the new technology called Radio Doge, a, quote, cheap and reliable radio technology of hi-fi, low-raw WAN, <laughs> end quote. Uh, working along with, uh, or high-frequency, rather, HF, working along with Starlink satellite network to enable accessibility to people without internet connectivity. The other crucial element is the GigaWallet project, a drop-in solution, a new type of Doge wallet, for internet-based transactions through standardized non-custodial wallet integration with the Dogecoin network. The two developers consider the first phrase of libdogecoin, a programming library for building blocks for creating Dogecoin projects, as the groundwork for forming and validating Doge's addresses and transactions. They revealed that Dogecoin Addresses created with the library have successfully received Doge on the main network. And here's a tweet from Michim Lewin. The main challenge of the progress of enabling GigaWallet is to communicate with Radio Doge, as specified by the team, centers on if LibDogecoin can do the heavy lifting work. The first Radio Doge established last week will function as a testing ground for the new technology. 
This week, the team said, should, uh, said, should see the first transaction formed with Libd Dogecoin being sent to Radio Doge, which will submit to Dogecoin test network via the Starlink satellite. The two believe the new technology could revolutionize, re, pardon me, revolutionarily stimulate Dogecoin's grassroots adoption derived from emerging tech economies, making the Musk-backed cryptocurrency, quote, the de facto means for exchanging goods and services globally, end quote. However, they admitted that the first phase of Lib Dogecoin only counted for 0.1 milestone of the project. <laughs> well, I guess it's good to get, let people know that you're doing something of importance so that people can get involved because, hey, if it's only two guys, they definitely need some help. So I think it's interesting to see ways of trans transmitting and receiving Dogecoin through the offline space. But I also still wonder, as much as Dogecoin gets interaction, how useful is it? Well, this is what they're trying to make it useful for. Let's, let's just say I wish there was more to it. <laughs> Continuing on with the news, Justin Bieber, Maria Sharapova, Snoop Dogg, Drake, Invest $87 million in crypto firm MoonPay by Dimitar Zanzarov. Cryptocurrency payment startup MoonPay secured an $87 million fundraiser led by numerous investors, including the Canadian singer Justin Bieber, the former tennis player Maria Sharapova, sorry for butchering her name, Sharapova, and the Hollywood actor Bruce Willis, also not listed, interestingly enough, in the main title. <laughs> Bruce Willis. Anyways, the company vowed to employ... The funds to double down on its NFT efforts and allow interaction between fans and artists. The crypto startup revealed that the investments are part of a Series A fundraiser. This is kind of them tooting their own horn again, of course. Valid MoonPay at $3.4 billion. Even, or Ivan Soto Wright, chief executive officer of the company, expects content creators to increasingly use NFTs and engage with fans after the initiative. He stated further, quote, MoonPay sees an entirely different format for the entertainment industry. My thought was, let's build a diversified portfolio of incredible people that represent different industries, and let's talk about the use cases for their intellectual property, end quote. The total amount of the funding stood around half a billion dollars. Almost 16% of it came from celebrities. Some of the most famous celebrities that I haven't already mentioned, Ashton Kutcher, Aubrey Drake Graham, uh, married to Drake, uh, or related to Drake, rather. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, Abel uh, Tesfaye, otherwise known as The Weeknd, and then other people, which we don't know their names. <laughs> it's worth noting that MoonPay is famous for interacting with renowned individuals, and it often stands as a middleman for celebrity NFT deals. In January this year, it purchased a zombie-themed CryptoPunk for 900 ETH, worth approximately $3 million at that time. Upon closing the transaction, MoonPay tweeted asking people to, quote, guess, end quote, who the actual owner of the digital collectible was. Fan predictions ranged from the popular NBA players to renowned Chef Gordon Ramsay. Last year, the host of The Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon, and the American rapper, Post Malone, disclosed that they bought a Bored Ape NFT through MoonPay. So, it sounds like the Gateway to the Stars. One of MoonPay's latest endeavors includes collaborating with MyEtherWallet, or MEW, Mew. The, last integrated, the, the latter integrated the startup as its on-slash-off-ramp partner for users across all platforms. The move aimed to grant customers enhanced 
access to the Ethereum blockchain. Ivan Soderwright hopes, uh, raised hopes that the initiative will simplify clients' efforts, which is one of MoonPay's key goals. His quote states, MoonPay's mission is to simplify fiat crypto transactions so that more people can have access to the remarkable technology. Partnering with Mew introduced our services to both seasoned users and newcomers to crypto. Kasala Hemachandra, CEO and founder of Mew, MEW, predicted that the collaboration with MoonPay will empower new clients and make them feel more confident when exploring Ethereum. So MoonPay has a lot more money. If you are interested in using the crypto trading exchange and payment firm that the stars tend to use. If you think that's something that's, I mean, put it this way, if people with a lot of money are willing to deal with these guys, maybe you who doesn't have a lot of money can do it too. I'm not saying you have no money. I'm just saying not as much money as they probably have. Martin Young writes, Meta's, Meta's, <laughs> that is Facebook. Meta, Facebook? Meta's Metaverse, under fire from Facebook whistleblower. Uh-oh. Former Facebook product manager Frances Hagen rattled cages at the firm last year when she exposed thousands of documents accusing the social media platform of spreading misinformation. <laughs> this, is become, this, is a, this is a theme for Facebook. The files revealed sensitive content that ranged from human trafficking to harmful nationalist groups to COVID-19 vaccine misinformation. It's all misinformation. At the time, she said, Facebook prioritizes profit over the well-being of children and all users. It's probably not true. Uh, probably factually accurate, rather. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Hagen, who has invested in crypto, has now set her sights on the metaverse after the company rebranded to Meta to pursue its virtual world domination plans. Domination of the virtual world. $100 billion! Mm. Sorry, Dr. Evil is what I was doing. Speaking of Politico, on April 12th, she said Metaver uh, Meta has made very grandiose promises about how there is safety by design in the metaverse before adding, quote, but if they don't commit to transparency and access and other accountability measures, I can imagine seeing a repeat of all the harms you currently see on Facebook, end quote. For the company's metaverse to really work, it will involve installing intrusive hardware, such as sensors, microphones, and cameras in homes and possibly public places to gather the data to replicate the digital world. If Zuckerberg's vision of the metaverse becomes a reality, the amount and type of data the firm can harvest will be mind-boggling. Hagen has reiterated her concerns over privacy and user protection. She stated that the company's main goal is to create the most detailed picture of its users as possible in order to serve them extremely, I'm adding this word in, targeted advertising, extremely targeted. Has anybody seen, um, I can't think of the name of the movie, it's a movie with, no, I can't think of the name of the movie. <laughs> Never mind, let's just move on. Uh, Minority Report. That's what it's called, Minority Report. Just remembered it. 
Companies such as Apple, Amazon, and Microsoft have already launched personal assistants with the sole purpose of getting to know their users by mining data, all from the benefits of the firm's bottom line. The metaverse takes this stage further as users are fully immersed in the virtual realm through a usage of hardware such as virtual reality headsets and gloves like Oculus, which Meta creates or bought the company that makes. According to the New York Post, Zuckerberg has said that Meta's Meta plans to let creators sell virtual items in the metaverse. Not weird there. The catch is that Meta intends to keep a cut of nearly 50%, and that's just the start. So if you think that the cut that Apple takes, the 30% it takes from its apps is high, hmm, how about 50%? It's clear that the company is betting heavily on greater profits from its foray into the digital world. This will be the worst thing for those using it. They will see more of their online privacy eroded and more of their personal data sold, stolen, or manipulated. Additionally, the digital devices will be subject to more misinformation, scams, hacking, malware, and phishing attacks as the firm has yet to prevent those in its Web2 social media platform. So if you want a minefield that takes half your money, yay meta. Sounds like a terrible decision. I just had to mock Meta. I'm not really a Facebook fan. Felix Mullen writes, Ethereum developer Virgil Griffith sentenced to five years, actually five plus years, for speaking out about Ethereum in North Korea. I guess it's not allowed, you're not allowed to talk about anything in North Korea because I wouldn't know, wouldn't really want to go to North Korea. On April 12th, 2022, Virgil Griffith, a former developer at the Ethereum Foundation, was sentenced to more than five years in prison on the charge of conspiracy after traveling to Pyongyang in 2019 in violation of the international sanction framed under the International Emergency Economics Power Act imposed by the government of the United States on the government of North Korea. Griffith pleaded guilty to one single conspiracy charge for delivering a lecture on cryptocurrencies in North Korea, explaining the use of Ethereum, and the basics of smart contracts. He was just talking about how crypto works. In addition to serving a 63-month prison sentence, Griffith must pay $100,000 fine to the U.S. government. Virgil Griffith was arrested November 2019 in the U.S. after returning from Korea following his lecture on Ethereum. He served approximately two years in custody, of which he spent 14 months on bail, so the remainder will be appended as time served. Thanks to his plea, Griffith's sentence was reduced from a maximum of 20 years to almost six years in prison. In addition, according to the Daily Beast, the defense asked for leniency for inhumane conditions the inmate was living in by prohibiting him from family visits and forcing him to use the sink as a toilet. That's terrible. John Demers, a US, an assistant U.S. attorney general for national security, said Griffith had been repeatedly warned not to attend the conference to avoid any problems, a point that Griffith decided to ignore. Despite pleading guilty to the conspiracy charge, the crypto community and renowned players such as Vitalik Buterin showed their support for Griffith, stating that what he had explained during the conference was in the public domain and he did not have any personal gain from his trip, so he should not have been sentenced for conspiracy. And here is Vitalik Buterin's tweet about that griffith said he had learned his lesson and was deeply ashamed for being put in prison for traveling to north korea against the warnings of his family friends and the u.s government 
However, this did not seem to matter to the prosecution. According to Judge Castle, Griffith was not good intended and instead of in, instead showed a, quote, desire to educate people on how to evade sanctions, end quote. I don't know really how you do that with Ethereum, but okay. The So beyond the sentence and fine imposed on the former Ethereum developer, this conviction could serve as an example for anyone attempting to use cryptocurrencies to circumvent U.S. sanctions. Basically, they're saying, don't try to hide your money. We need to know how much you make. And... Although I've said it many times before, and I'm not afraid of saying it ever again, I will say it again. The U.S. government and all governments do not need to know how much money you make. They never do. That's not part of the way they were set up. The U.S. government was not set up that way, and I know I'm ranting right now, but in my personal opinion, there is no need and no precedent for the U.S. government to know how much money you make. It's your business, not theirs. It's my opinion how I feel. I think it should all be sales tax, but we're not going to talk about that now. Nevertheless, don't piss off the U.S. government unless you want them to throw you in jail when it comes to crypto. Pay your taxes, you idiot. Yeah, I'm calling myself an idiot. <clears throat> Jay Zong writes, the U.S. securities processor is building a prototype to support CBDC. Yes, they're talking about trying to figure out how to make a CBDC reality in the United States. The United States continues its exploration of a central bank digital currency, or CBDC, as the main processor of the U.S. security set is developing a prototype for studying how such an asset can work in reality. I think we have plenty of examples of that already, but I'm sorry that they have to think about this too hard. The main goal is to examine how real-time transactions through cash-like tokens can pass through in the clearing and settlement process. The Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, DTCC, the country's Securities processor maintaining the post-trade market infrastructure announced the development of a recent press release. It added that it's the first ever prototype for studying how CBC may operate in the U.S. clearing and settlement infrastructure by leveraging distributed ledger technology. <laughs> Word salad. The prototype, known as Project Lithium, will test if the U.S. market infrastructure can support the Fed issued digital currency for daily payments. Unlike cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin and Ethereum, where you have Bitcoin is not capitalized, a CBC would be backed by the Federal Reserve and have backed by what again? The same value as a physical US dollar. Through this project, the DTCC will measure the benefits of CBDC. Word salad again, I'm sorry. That's the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation will measure the benefits of a central bank digital currency <laughs> and inform the future design of the firm's compatibility in managing such payments. According to the announcement, the main goal is to demonstrate the direct bilateral settlement of cash tokens between participants in real-time delivery versus payment, DVP, more three-letter acronyms, settlement. The DTCC will bring out a few pilot programs for retail and wholesale transaction and examine how they fit in the American market infrastructure. The release also stated a variety of benefits to the central bank digital currency, including reduced counterparty risk and trapped liquidity, increased capital efficiency, transactional transparency, etc. The 
DTCC is developing a pilot program in collaboration with the Digital Dollar Project, a nonprofit organization leading discussions on the U.S. central bank currency. Christopher Giancarlo, the co-founder of executive and executive chairman of the latter, said, "That's of the Digital Dollar Project, a CBDC or central bank digital currency could improve time and cost efficiencies." provide broader access to central bank money and payments, and all the while emulating the features of physical cash in an increasingly digital world. Well, how does the president weigh in on this? U.S. President Joe Biden signed an executive order asking government agencies to look into the pros and cons of developing a Fed-issued CBDC. It came after the widespread concern that if the U.S. stepped behind in creating its own digital currency, the dollar might lose its predominant position in the world reserve currency. Meanwhile, the order also encouraged the Federal Reserve to continue its research, development, and asset efforts for a U.S. CBDC and asked Congress to deliver actionable policies that protect investors and guide responsible innovation. Honestly, I'm certain that the idea here, and it's just, it's going to be the dollar in digital format. We already have a digital dollar. It's traded constantly. Nobody, hardly anybody even, you know, exchanges the green folding paper we used to know as the U.S. dollar, unless you're, I guess, a criminal. <laughs> yeah. who, who uses paper money anymore? Just criminals. Nobody else does. We all just use our credit cards and debit cards. Nobody actually takes cash out of the bank. Anyways, Andrew Thorvalas writes in an article from the day before today, Sky Mavis offers $1 million bug bounty following the Ronin Bridge hack. Now, if you remember this thing, this is the Axie Infinity Group hack. Sky Mavis, the company behind Axie Infinity, is offering a million dollars to anyone that can identify major security vulnerabilities in its platform. Shouldn't they have already done this? They lost $600 million, right? This comes after the company was struck by the largest DeFi hack in history with over $600 million being drained from the Ronin Bridge. According to the company's website, Sky Mavis, Sky Mavis Bounty Program will take reference from the Bug Crowd Vulnerability Rating Taxonomy. This system will help Sky Mavis prioritize and rate its community's findings uh, around security issues. The more severe and disruptive to business a given vulnerability is, the greater the reward for its discovery will be. Potential vulnerabilities are broken down into two categories, smart contracts and blockchain and web or, and web and apps. A list of smart contracts and web apps eligible for for scrutiny is provided. So anyways, I'm, I'm not going to go into the entire details here. I basically just wanted to get the news out that what they should have done before is offered a million dollar bug bounty, but they didn't realize they had any bugs. Now they have had 600 times that amount of money stolen, and even though it probably will not be returned to its owners, they're looking for people who are able to find this stuff without stealing the money first. So hopefully this teaches them a lesson if they survive. I think they have more than enough money to cover the costs, but... Still, it sucks. And finally, last but not least, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Siba Inu soars 35% on its Robinhood listing. So, yes, as we saw in, back here in um, CoinGecko, Shiba Inu has gone up. But here, uh, 9% in the last seven days. Let's, let's look at the chart. Let's pull up the whole chart. Where has Shiba Inu been for a long time? So Shiba Inu's maximum here, go far enough back, let's pull up a year. Crested out there at, at uh, ooh, 
0.00008 was the highest it went, and it is currently at 0.00002, so basically one quarter of its previous price at the highest. And it is recovering, I guess, slightly. I mean, it was 0.00032, you know, back in early February. I guess this is good. I still say uh, Shiba Inu, even though it's, you know, 15 position here uh, on the charts. Actually, it's not 15. What, what was the position it was in? Yeah, it's still 15th. Even though it's there, and it's doing better than several other coins on the market, Near Protocol is catching up there, 12%, really moving, is it's still a meme coin. Yes, it does have a new market, but it's still a meme coin. Be wary with your transactions, and it's my advice. You know, think before you act. Don't just throw money at something. I realize there was a story of a guy who put $10,000 into Shiba Inu back in, when it, in its early days and came out a billionaire. That's not going to happen to everybody. It'd be great, but it just doesn't. Um, so it's so hard to know what coin is going to hit. <laughs> I know I'm betting a lot on Dynamo, but I think it's more than just a meme coin. So we'll have to see. Anyway, so that wraps it up for today. I uh, appreciate it if everyone who has listened this far in the episode. Uh, we didn't have as much news as we probably have on a typical Wednesday. But uh, there's a lot of other news going on, and the market has been down a little bit recently. You know, I hit about 45,000 Bitcoin. Um, we were cresting back up, and again, two and a half trillion US dollars. But um, yeah, we're we're climbing back up again, and there's lots of very interesting things going on. So, as uh, I don't have anyone else to make commentary on this, and I wish I, I really wish I did. But if you know, if you want to be interviewed, we still do those occasionally. Uh, but we like to say that. Uh, if you want that, you should, as John Blockchain John always says, stack stats and hodl. Adios. <laughs>